Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Hello. Uh, late start for us tonight on Wednesday, September 1st, but we've got a lot to cover, Tom, so let's not waste any time and get right into our agenda for the night. What are we looking at? Oh, it's going to be a lot of football. We have all of our NFL predictions. We're going to talk about our favorite over-under win totals for both college and NFL season and our college week one picks. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, let's jump right in. Where do you want to go? Uh, let's talk NFL news. Obviously, the preseason just wrapped up. We got rosters trimmed down. Um, some quarterbacks are taking shape. We kind of know what to expect at this point. Um, obviously, I think the biggest news of the week is Cam Newton getting cut in New England and them rolling with Mac Jones. Yeah, that's a big, big change there, obviously. And uh, Mac Jones had a tremendous preseason and looks to be uh, the future of the offense there in New England now. And it's going to be interesting in that AFC East with four quarterbacks all under the age of 25 taking over with uh, obviously Josh Allen, who's a, going to be a perennial MVP candidate, uh, Tua at 23 years old, and Zach Wilson and Mac Jones are 22 years old. So this is going to be a very fun next five years in the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, there's the chance that if all these guys are – um, above average to, to very good. It, it could be crazy in the AFC East for the next few years and a lot of fun. Um, I mean, what you want is quarterback rivals. And if you're playing six games a, a season against guys who are good, young, competitive against each other, it, it could be crazy. Could beat up at each other a lot. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, lots of other moves throughout. When you talk about the quarterbacks, you've got. Uh, the one that's really holding steadfast is, uh, you know, Chicago, where they're saying they are not going to go to Justin Fields. They're going to start Andy Dalton. Uh, Matt Nagy said he made a promise to Andy Dalton that he would be the starter. Let's see how long that really holds up. Yeah, I've seen the conspiracy theory that they're playing the Rams week one and they're just going to let Andy get beat up and then move the field. I don't know if that's what he means. I think he means he's going to give them, you know, two to four games, see how it looks. Uh, I I'm not a big fan of this this process. You know what you have in Andy Dalton, and Justin Fields has looked good enough to give him the chance. Yeah, you know, and I understand, you know, kind of going with the veteran to get to get started. Um, historically, that doesn't take long. Uh, the last five or six years, uh, first round quarterbacks get their first start within like the first seven or eight games. Right. So you can kind of expect that as we as we move down the line. So I'm uh, I'm eager to see how long that really holds up. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, takes the job in Jacksonville. Whether it was ever a true competition or not, we we won't know. Sure. Uh, but Gardner Minshew was traded away, um, which really took away any hint of controversy for the young quarterback here. Um, it's his job. It's his team, and uh, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh- it makes sense. You knew Trevor Lawrence was going to get the job anyways, so get something for Minshew. Um, an interesting trade by the Eagles. Uh, there was rumors that they were actually had a trade in place for Watt, uh, Deshaun Watson, and he was like, no, I don't want to go play in Philly, um, which is crazy. 
uh, considering everything he's going through and that he wants out of Houston. Right. But, you know, there you are. So in a few moments, you'll hear an air horn sound. That is a fantasy college football draft that Tom and I are going through tonight. So should be uh, – don't be alarmed when you hear the sound of the horn and yeah. we, we take a moment to select the best available player for us at this point in the draft as it, it's pretty pretty late in the draft now. So uh, we have to kind of look at the, the players that are here and see if there's anyone that makes sense. Uh, I think uh, Jaquavius Marks, the running back from uh, Mississippi State, uh, looks like it could be an option here for us. Yeah, it, it couldn't hurt, right? Well, Although, I, I don't want to go with a Mississippi State running back. I just changed my mind. <laughs> Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me. So talk a little, Tom. <laughs> Another thing that was uh, kind of surprising was Teddy Bridgewater winning in Denver over Drew Locke. It kind of seemed like they wanted Drew Locke to be the guy the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that they made the quick, the quick in finger quotes, change to Teddy Bridgewater right away here. Um, we'll see uh, how that pans out. Because I think Denver has a very good roster. And I think they're thinking if they had, you know, instead of the up and down Drew Locke where he has a great game, has a bad game, if they can just get steadier play um, from Bridgewater, maybe they'll be more competitive. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense for me to go with the guy. I heard that there's some, a little bit of devices, divisiveness there in Denver as they, yeah. uh, the front office wants to see Drew Locke. Vic Fangio needs to keep his job, and Teddy Bridgewater, he feels like, is going to keep them out of trouble and trust his defense to win games and run sure. the ball. So um, very interesting choice there, but I think it makes sense as far as from Fangio's perspective. If you want to win now, Bridgewater, I think, is the guy. And this is some of the problems you get in when the front office and the head coach are not on the same um, timeline, right? You know, as a GM, you, you sometimes get two coaches – you know, yeah. two coaching cycles and coach, you only get a few years. So um, sometimes you got to work that out before the season starts and, you know, lay down who's going to be in charge of what there. Right. So um, as far as those those quarterback decisions, I don't have a major problem with any of them. A lot of people are really upset with uh, the choice to, you know, go with Andy Dalton, but again, we'll see how that all shakes out. I don't know if it's a long-term thing. I'm interested in San Francisco as much as any right now, to be honest with you. Yeah, and it seems like uh, Trey Lance has a slight injury, so he's not going to be available week one, they're saying, which gives them cover to let Garoppolo start. I right. That's you know, how I look at this. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. I think, again, same concept. We know what we have with Garoppolo. It's not great, um, but with that team, you can win games like that. So if they get out to a, a decent start, we may be pushing Trey Lance's fun later down the, the line here. Yeah. All right. Uh, go ahead, Tom. What are we going to do next? So we're going to talk a little bit about the PGA Tour Championship as the golf season winds down here. Uh, really, the big ones left is this, and then in a few weeks, the Ryder Cup. Um, we're not going to make picks for the PGA Tour Championship, and it's for a simple reason. The format is difficult for betting. Um, you have some guys, uh, if you're not familiar, the, the top couple will be at uh, minus 10 and minus 9 to start the uh, the tournament and all the way down to where the guys at 25 through 30 start at zero. Um, so you have, you have quite a few players with a big advantage going into it. 
the odds are reflected directly into that. So, you know, you're getting very short odds on the top guys to win, and then the guys middle back are very difficult, very long shots when you're spotting 10 strokes to someone. Yeah, it's it's always it's a fun event, but that format is just a little odd to me, you know, and I'm not sure it's something that I completely am in love with. Especially from the gambling perspective. From I, I get rewarding them for their season longs efforts as we get to the last title last tournament. That makes sense to me. But from a gambling perspective, I, I stay away from it. I'll, I'll watch it on Sunday and that'll be about it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk NFL division winners. This is, All right. This is Kevin and I are gonna go through each division and pick who we think is gonna be the the one remaining at the end of the first ever 17 game season. Yeah, it's um, it should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, 17 game season. A lot of a lot of fun stuff leading up to this year. Um, I think Kevin and I are both into it. Our, our teams have reasonable playoff expectations this year, both of them. So, a lot of fun coming into it. This thing is being insane. It's not letting me click and pick anything <laughs> Kevin's having some problems over here I am I, I don't know why it's not letting me pick oh it, that's who I had clicked and who I was clicked on so I guess we'll see we're good all right we'll start in the uh, AFC or NFC AFC AF yeah all right well we're starting right at the AFC East then yeah it's, to me it's got to be Buffalo at this point I don't think the other teams have, have caught up um I think this is one of the easier selections to make. Do I want it to be Miami? Yes. But do I think everything has to go perfectly for that to even have a chance to happen? Yeah. It's got to be perfect. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, obviously I'm going to pick the bills as well. Um, they looked very good last season. Um, they've, they're running it back. They've added to their uh, D line, which seemed to be really one of their big Achilles heels when they made it to the playoffs. So uh, go Buffalo. AFC North, which is a lot more com competitive and I would say confusing more than anything. Right. Uh, division here. You got a couple of teams who were in the playoffs. Three teams made the playoffs last year. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Baltimore. Uh, who do you like? By the way, two of them won playoff games even. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Cleveland here. And uh, I, I, part of me just it, it's it's a little bit of a sentimental pick almost to a certain degree i really like rooting for cleveland and i think this team is is very good top to bottom i think that they took a big step forward last season and i think they're ready to win that division finally yeah as lame as it is i'm also taking cleveland um for, for basically the same reasons I, when i look at the three competitors that made the playoffs last year i don't think pittsburgh got any better I don't think they did anything that made me think, wow, this team yeah. is moving in the right direction. If anything, they just got a little older. Baltimore, except for Najee Harris, I take that back. Yeah. Um, Baltimore, I feel like their offense, they, they've tried to tweak it, but they've added weapons that aren't that scary. You got Sammy Watkins, you got rookie wide receivers that are already hurt. Um, and on defense, you lost Matthew Judon. Um, so give me Cleveland, who added on to a defense that was already scary. And, you know, if their wide receivers stay healthy and they have a the best two two running back combo in the league uh pretty tough to beat yeah um i'll go first this time in the yeah, south i got the titans um I, I was really early in the year early in the offseason was leaning the colts way 
But with Wentz and stuff already having problems, he's hurt. Uh, they have COVID in the building already. Seems like there seems to be some dissension on the team about that, um, which you know never a good way to start a season where you're already arguing and having problems. So I'm I'm going to take Tennessee. They just seem to be on the right path. So I don't think Tennessee's defense is as good as it was, but I'm not thinking Houston or Jacksonville are real threats. So yeah. I think that it is a two-horse race here. I am going to go with Indianapolis, though, because I think that some early-season controversy can do you well down the line. I'm all right with uh, some of the troubles that they've had early uh, this season. I think that they can overcome them. And when it comes down to it, I believe in their defense more than I believe in Tennessee's defense. I believe that when that O-line gets healthy a few weeks into the season, uh, that you could be looking at one of the more dominant O-lines in quite some time. Uh, it, I don't know how long it's going to be on Eric Fisher. I'm just kind of betting that he'll be back yeah. uh, sooner rather than later. If that, if he doesn't recover soon enough, and you know they're down to like a third string left tackle, then for an extended period of time, then the concerns become more real. And I think that that uh, Tennessee is the pick here. But I'm going to bet on Eric Fisher to return. I'm going to bet that they can overcome some of this early season stuff. And I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. Thank goodness we got a different one because this was getting lame. Yeah. So the next one, AFC West, spoiler alert, I'm going with the Chiefs. Yeah, and I think that the Chiefs are the play. Yeah. Um, it's just they're so talented. They have everything back, and I love the rebuild that they pulled on their offensive line. If I could put Justin Herbert on Denver, we might have a we might have a conversation. Yeah. I love Denver's team minus their quarterback. Yeah. I really – I mean, I think they have some fun weapons on offense. I think their defense, although the defensive line's getting a little older, their secondary's really fast and good. Like, right. I like them, but I just you can't beat the Chiefs if you're gonna struggle to get to twenty. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the NFC, Tom. All right, NFC East. Yeah, I'll I'll go first. I'll jump right in here with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, every year, it seems like they have more talent than everyone else in the division. This year, I feel like Philadelphia is really down, and the Giants are really down. So uh, it comes down to Washington and uh, Dallas. Everybody loves Ryan Fitzpatrick until Ryan Fitzpatrick throws a late-game interception that costs them important games down yeah. the stretch. You're talking to two guys who've lived through it. We have. <laughs> um, yes, is he going to make some amazing and fun plays at times and play some really good football? Yeah, but he's also going to blow games. He, he will blow games late in, the, late in the game. He will throw an interception. Kevin goes by the street name Games. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that beard just feels funny. Um <laughs> You know, Dallas, when you look at the offensive talent that they have and then their linebacking core alone, it's just it's absolutely loaded. The one weakness is the secondary, but I think they can create so much pressure and havoc that uh, they can mask some of those deficiencies in the secondary. So give me the Cowboys. Yeah, I have the Cowboys, too. That's everything you've said. I mean, if anyone's listened to this for the last couple of years, we are both really big on Dak, um, probably more than uh, a lot of people are. A lot of people give him a hard time for I can't figure out why. Um, the guy was on pace to set a NFL record in yards and touchdowns last year before he got hurt. Yeah. So, uh, give me Dak and that amazing offense. The NFC North, um, man, this one I've been going back and forth in my head because I, I want to pick the Vikings, but then I see Aaron Rodgers. Vikings, I think, again, are a team on the come up. But Aaron Rodgers and the Smith brothers, I love the Smith brothers. I like saying Smith brothers for Yeah. Example. So I'm going to stay with the pack. You know, I, as I look at this division, I feel more 
watching Minnesota's defense. It, it really looks bad. Yeah. Um, they are they are going to be a team that's dependent on getting early leads um, because I think that, you know, it, as much as I like Jefferson and Thielen and, and you know, Dalvin Cook, it, they're going to have a really hard time keep stopping teams from getting those stops late in games. The, the defense just really looks bad. And uh, I think that puts Green Bay in the driver's seat here, and I think this is one of the more comfortable division winners uh, that we have this year. All right. NFC South, um, what, what, what can you say? Uh, you have Tampa Bay running all 22 back. You have the Saints. I mean, they're the one team that hasn't really declared their quarterback starter yet. Really. They did. They did today. They did? Yeah. It is going to be Jameis Winston. I mean, thank goodness. It didn't make yeah. sense any other way, right? No. Um, okay. So you, you, got, you got Jameis coming in. How's that going to affect them? The Falcons are just the Falcons. They'll they'll throw the ball around when they're down by a couple touchdowns, and Carolina's moving to Darnold. I mean, everyone is is, is in flux except for Tampa Bay. And yeah. I don't I don't see how, um, based off their stretch run at the end of last year, anything different's going to happen. So, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, all the bays. Yeah, absolutely. You can't you can't go against them in this division right now. Um, as much as I would like the Saints to, to give them a push, um, I just don't know that, that we can do that right now. Yeah. There's too much coming back with Tampa Bay, and they look too good, too strong in that playoff run last year for me to, to go in any other direction. So I'm on the Buccaneers there as well. When do they play each other? Um, I have not looked at their schedules closely. So I... I look forward to it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. One of the divisional matchups that's always enjoyable. Hopefully they've got a primetime game at the Superdome later in the season. They play on Halloween at 4.30 on and the Superdome, and then they play again on December 19th in primetime. Uh, that will be a – I think that's a Monday nighter. Yeah. yeah. So Monday night, the second time, and that's in Tampa Bay. So you're telling me if, if New Orleans is hanging around a game or two, we might get Jameis – Back in Tampa Bay. On Monday Night Football, wow. yeah. NFL guys know what they're doing. Yeah, they do. NFC West, Kev, what is yeah. often considered the most competitive, uh, crazy division. Where you at? Yeah. Um, this is the hardest one for me to pick. I feel like it's a, a very tough division to choose the winner. There are you, You've got Arizona and, and Kyler Murray and all the talent that they added. And, you know, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt on the defensive side of the ball. Isaiah Simmons coming into his own with Buda Baker. You know, so many things that tell you Arizona's going to be the winner. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is the drawback for me. I'm, I'm anti-Kingsbury. I don't like what he does as a coach. I don't think that he's the man, um, you know, to, to get the job done there. If I were more confident in the quarterback play in San Francisco, my pick would be San Francisco. However, I don't know what's going to happen with Trey Lance. I don't know if he's he's up to the task, and I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. That brings me to Seattle and Los Angeles. Now you've added Matt Stafford to the Rams team, um, you know, and I love his wide receiver group. Their defense is strong. Um, Seattle has Russell Wilson. I ended up landing on the Rams after all of that. I, I just think that. Um, I like what Stafford can bring to the table as the quarterback. I think he's a big upgrade over Jared Goff at this point. Despite the concerns about the running 
uh, the running back situation that they have. Um, I think that, you know, the Rams is, is where I'm going to land. Um, I'm also on the Rams, which, again, sorry, guys, out of eight divisions, we have one where we pick somebody different. Um, it, to me, it came down to Seattle and the Rams. I eliminate Arizona immediately. Um, I just don't think they're there yet. I think that they're a team that's improving. They're growing their defense, which I think they're doing that the right way. Um, J.J. Watt aside, they're, they're growing young players on that side, so it might take a little bit, which is fine because Kyler Murray's young and they're growing them him as well. Uh, the 49ers, I just don't trust them. Uh, I just feel like they run the ball well, they play defense well, uh, but if they get down, it's tough for them to come back, and uh, they're game script dependent to be to be winning games. And then Seattle, I just don't know who you're going to get week to week with Seattle. Uh, this is the most heckle and jide. What did I say? Heckle and jide. Yeah, heckle and jide. <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde team you can imagine. They come out the first half of the season, throw the ball all over the place, um, but don't necessarily win a bunch of games. But they play insane competition. They're they're. Uh, strength of schedule in the first eight games were was like the hardest and then the second half of the season they play one of the easiest uh, schedules and they just start running the ball a lot more and start winning games and I don't think necessarily it's a cause and effect thing but uh, give me the Rams I like McVay I like Stafford I mean Matt Stafford by the way we should all be rooting for he's just chucking it around in Detroit not getting a chance to play in big games or playoffs and any of that and I feel like he knows that he's got a chance here, and I don't think he's going to let it go. Yeah, I'm excited for this NFL season. I'll tell you that. It's uh, it's so exciting. I know. And uh, now what, Tom? We on to Super Bowl predictions here? Super Bowl predictions. Yeah, it's uh, you know, go ahead, Tom. What do you got? You know what you're going with? Yeah, I do. And this is one I was telling Kevin earlier. I've been back and forth. I mean, so when you play your division winners, normally your division winners are going to be your main contenders for the Super Bowl. And uh, I'm not straying from that. In the AFC, I still see Kansas City as a little above everyone. I think Cleveland is really close to closing that gap because of the style they play. They get after the quarterback, which is what you have to do to beat Kansas City. Tampa Bay showed us that. And they can run the ball and keep the ball away from them. So I think they can do that. I just feel, again, like they almost have to play a, a perfect game on offense to beat Kansas City. So give me Kansas City in the AFC. And then in the NFC, it, to me, it comes down to the two teams that are the most complete. And that I have is the Rams and Bucks. And I'm going with the Rams this year. Uh, I don't. It's hard to repeat in this league. It really is. We've seen it time and time again. We've, Kansas City got close last year. Um, this is one of the reasons I almost didn't put Kansas City in this game because whatever the odds, they make it three years in a row. I mean, yeah. you got to think bad luck, injury, something's going to bite them. But, uh, so I have the Chiefs and the Rams. All right. Um, I am going to go in the AFC with the Cleveland Browns. Um, I, I think that they are ready to come over the get over the hump. Yeah. I love the balance of their – uh, entire offense as a whole. I think Baker Mayfield has figured it all out, and I love the pressure that they can create on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, on the uh, NFC side, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers has got a little fire in his belly here. Um, this is a guy who was a, an MVP candidate, obviously. Um, this is somebody who, you know, went through this offseason. Is he even going to come back? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff. I, I really, really think that uh, um, Rodgers and Green Bay's group there with Devontae Adams, and I, I think he's he's got things kind of going the way that he wants them now. 
and I expect Green Bay to have a monster season. And I love the fact that they're playing in the NFC uh, North with teams that I don't think are very good. Um, and I think that could lead them to potentially having home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which will uh, make for a much easier path to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Ready to... Yeah, yeah, let's go to... Um, let's talk about our college football um, season win over-unders, okay? So, 12 games, and you've got to pick over-under based on the lines that are set in Vegas. Um, Tom, I'm going to let you fire away first. All right, so... Uh... Maryland is my first one. I'm going to go with them over five and a half. I think this is a team that is slowly got better last season. They're returning a ton of players. I uh, like Tua's little brother, Talia. Talia, um, in there to you know really put this offense over. Their their schedule is not that difficult. They have a couple you know those cupcake wins to get them the two of those. Now all of a sudden I only need four wins the rest of the season. So right. give me Maryland over five and a half. All right. Uh, my first pick, I'm going to go uh, to a group of five team, and I'm going to follow my boy Gus Malzahn down to UCF, and uh, I'm going to go with UCF over nine and a half wins. So at nine and a half, it, it was a very tough question for me. They've got Boise State week one, but I think they're going to win. They're favored in the game. Um, you know, they've got at Cincinnati later this season. Going to be brutal to try and win that game. I'm a big fan of Dylan Gabriel and what he can what he can do, and I think that there's been some really good additions from the transfer portal that uh, Malzahn has brought along with him, uh, that are big upgrades in talent on the defensive side of the ball for UCF. I think that they can get to ten and two in the regular season. I just think that Gus Malzahn's a better coach than Josh Heupel, and I think that he can get more out of the group that's down there as well. Who do you have next time? I have Washington Huskies over eight and a half. That was a team that was very good last year. Uh, very good. And, again, another team where I'm, I'm looking for favorable schedules when I'm looking to bet over. you got to find, okay, how many do I think are, are easy wins, how many are winnable, and how many are they got no chance. And when I look at that, I, I see them as having a chance to get ten wins on, on, their, on their schedule. Um, so give me eight and a half all day. I think that it's not out of the question that this is a, a 10 and two team looking for a chance at a, a Pac-12 championship. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a, a lot of people like that. A lot, a lot of people are fans of that one. So um, I'm going to go to the Big Ten here now. And, uh, you know, this is primarily a coaching play. And that's going to be over six and a half wins for Northwestern. This is uh, juiced slightly to the to the under, so um, I'm going against popular opinion here. And I, I'm a fan of what Pat Fitzgerald is always able to get done. I think Hunter Johnson could be fine at the quarterback position, and I think they'll look to run the ball. Um, you know, they've got a Richard sophomore in Evan Hull um, and a graduate transfer in Andrew Clare um, that could uh, that'll be looking to run the ball there for him. Andrew Clare coming from Bowling Green, so. Uh, you know, I just think that they'll find a way. There's just so much that he gets out of his team every year that I, I think they can find it throughout the course of that schedule. The schedule does not look daunting by any stretch. And uh, if they can jump out 
to a great start, then uh, you know this is this is going to be a, a an over win for me. And then my last one is Iowa State under nine and a half. Um, I think Iowa State's a good team, but they have a, a a bit of a tough schedule. Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa in the big rivalry game. Um, they have quite a few games where they're either going to be underdogs or or very much a push. So I, I see four or five of them on their schedule. When you're you're telling me that I can only you know only got to lose three. So yeah, give me Iowa State under. Plus they always seem to underperform in one one Big Twelve game. It seems yeah. to be their calling card this last couple of years. Yeah, and uh, my final pick. I'm going to go under uh, nine and a half wins for Wisconsin. Um, I just think that there's enough challenges on their schedule for them to go nine and three there's nothing wrong with nine and three that's a really good season but i'm not sold on graham mertz being some stud right um you know i'm not sold on you know their running game is going to be strong it always is but they've got a couple of younger guys up front in uh, joe tipman and jack nelson um you know plenty of seniors out in the in the uh, uh wide receiver room and kendrick Pryor and danny davis um you know I just I'm, I'm not entirely sold that this group is going to be that good. They are senior laden on the defensive side of the ball, um, so that'll be a big deal. If uh, you know, with all those guys that are that have experience that are going to be there, their defense is going to be tough. There's no question about that. But uh, you know, I, I think that they can lose three games this season. Um, Iowa's going to play them tough. Penn State's going to play them tough right out of the jump. And you know what? Michigan got their, their tails kicked in last time they played them. And if you think that that's been forgotten, yeah. it has not. And, and and I'm sure that Michigan will put up a much bigger fight this year, um, plus a, a number of other games that, that could get dicey for Wisconsin. So uh, give me under 9.5. All right. Let's, you want to take a quick break? Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back with – our NFL season over-unders. We're going to have pick, pick a couple guys to win year awards for the NFL and then our college picks to wrap up the week. All right. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. Time to talk about NFL season win totals. Oh, yeah. And I am going to let you fire away first, Tom. Full disclaimer, last year we crushed these. We were 5-1. and one. It's pretty dang good. Yeah, I'll allow that. So... Um, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys over nine and a half games. We've already talked about our, our both our mutual love for them. Um, they have a division where they get to play the Eagles twice. They're going to get to play the Giants twice. Um, so you got a, a couple games you think they're going to win fairly easily. Um, and then with the increased extra game, that's 17, to go, you can go 10 and 7. You're not even that great. But give me 10 and 7 for this team with all the talent on offense. Yeah, I can see that. I'm going to go uh, first with uh, the Atlanta Falcons over seven and a half wins. Uh, I think this is a team that is being overlooked a bit. I think that, you know, with the Julio Jones departure, uh, people don't realize how good Calvin Ridley's really going to be. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a great addition uh, as an early draft selection for them. And Mike Davis know, is underrated. Mike Davis too. is, yeah, he, he's going to be fine running the ball there. Uh, I think they've focused, you know, heavily on what's going on on, on defense um, and adding players there. And I, honestly, I, I really like Arthur Smith as a as a head coach here. So yeah. I think that this group is being kind of lo- under look overlooked here and uh, undersold. <laughs> so 
um, I think they can get to eight and nine. Uh, you know, I, I just don't see them as a team that I expect to uh, have a terrible season. And, and Matt Ryan, it's getting late in his career. He's he's going to do everything that he can to succeed. And uh, I expect them to get to at least eight wins. Yeah, I mean, he, the, Matt Ryan also is just completely uh, undervalued all the time. Yeah, I think this was just mispriced by by a win. And, you know, I think eight and a half is a better number to set there. Um, speaking of mispriced, I have the San Francisco 49ers under ten and a half. Uh, we just talked about how tough the division is. Um, we also talked about how Jimmy Garoppolo kind of limits the offense, and then your alternative is switching midway through the season to a rookie quarterback who's going to have his ups and downs. So you're telling me they could win 10 games and I'd still get the under? Yeah. Get to me all day. Yeah. All right. I am going to go with the uh, – I really I really want to pull the trigger <laughs> on this, and I'm, I'm so hesitant. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos over eight and a half wins. Um, I think this team can get to nine and eight because I like everything on their roster, uh, aside from the quarterback concerns. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is a stabilizing force there. Um, I think that he played fine in Carolina last year. He wasn't carrying the team to victories, but he's going to play well enough with a team that has so much more talent around him than what he had in Carolina. I think I think this is a team that can win nine, maybe even ten games, get to ten and seven, and be a a play a borderline playoff contender. Um, the AFC West is tough, uh, so you know, but Denver is one of the toughest places to play. So yeah. give me the Broncos over eight and a half. Uh, my next one is a slam dunk. I'm already cashing this ticket as we speak. I'm taking the New York Football Giants under seven. Um, listen to this stretch of games. After their bye week, they have at Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football, home for the Eagles, at the Dolphins, at the Chargers, home versus the Cowboys, at the Eagles. What a brutal stretch for a team that's not very good. Yeah. Also on here, we have trips to New Orleans, to Dallas, and to Kansas City, um, separate from that stretch I just read you. So right. give me them to, win, to, to be under seven wins. Yeah. Well, I, I absolutely agree wholeheartedly with that selection. <laughs> it's not always that I'm I'm like, yeah, that's that's the one, but I I agree that's really really good. Um, you know, one that I'm not going to go with right now, but I, I like is Detroit under five wins, but that's uh, five so low. It, it it's very low for a 17 game season. You know, you're talking about four, they've got to go four and 13 now. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't like the other teams, a couple of the other teams in the division. The Bears aren't very good, and the Vikings are vulnerable. So, yeah. uh, to me, that that kind of, it, it's a little low. Um, but here's one that is low that I am going to go with, and it's going to be under six and a half wins for the Cincinnati Bengals. They are in a such a bad spot with their offensive line right now that I don't believe that they're going to be able to overcome it. They've got a wide receiver that they drafted so early that can't catch the football <laughs> it's been comical how, they, how bad he is at catching they've got a second year quarterback coming off a catastrophic knee injury and outside of that the defensive side of the ball is just okay at best 
I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't even say okay. I, I am I am all in on Cincinnati under six and a half here. I think that they're just not ready. Do I think there's a bright future for some of the guys on this team? Yes, I do. Yeah. But sure. I think they're not ready right now. I think five and twelve is very likely. Four and thirteen is possible, and even three and fourteen is possible with this group. Di- their division is brutal. Exactly. The rest of that division is going to put the them into the grinder. They're they're more than likely going to be zero and six in the division. Yeah, maybe they steal one somehow. Yeah, they might be Pittsburgh. best case scenario. They go one and five. Right. So then, you, then they got to find six more wins in the other games here. I don't. I don't see it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Talk All right. Week one, college football picks. Um, you want to do picks and then talk about some of the big games? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do some picks here. All right. I'll fire right away here. Yeah. Get on that. I've got. Uh, USC, minus 14 at home against San Jose State. Uh, San Jose State had a great season last year. Uh, historically good for them. Uh, and I think Brent Brennan's doing great things there with that program. I do not think that they have the firepower to hang with USC and the talent that they've got there with Keaton Slovis and Drake London and Taj Washington. You know, th- th- that offense is going to be very difficult to stop. And they've got one of the nastiest defensive ends you can imagine um, in Drake Jackson there. So for me, I love USC in this spot. They just, you know, they, they far out recruit San Jose State. You know, this is a power five against group of five and 14 is hung way too low. So give me USC minus 14. All right. Um, I'm going to start in the Big Ten with a road dog. Uh, I'm going to go with Penn State at Wisconsin. Penn State getting five and a half, and it's the number. Uh, I think these teams are fairly even. Wisconsin and Penn State, uh, you look at them the last couple of years, they're they're very even. We're going to have probably a slower game in the beginning especially. So catching five and a half, uh, it seems too much. I thought when I looked at the game and saw the names, I'm thinking one and a half, two and a half to Wisconsin. But to give me a whole extra field goal there, I really like it. All right. Next for me, I'm going to another group of five versus power five game, but I'm taking the group of five team in Louisiana, going to Texas to face, uh, you know, the new look Steve Sarkeesian run uh, Longhorns. In this game, I get experienced quarterback in Levi Lewis, experienced running back. Chris Smith is explosive there in the backfield. Um, I get Billy Napier, who I think is one of the best coaches in the country, uh, going against a team that's got to start with a new quarterback. They've got a new head coach. Things are going to be changed a little bit turbulent early on. I think Louisiana last year, they went on the road and they beat Iowa State in Iowa State to start the season. And yep. I think this is an opportunity for them to hang within a touchdown of the Longhorns here. Give me Louisiana Lafayette plus eight and a half. I love this. This is one I was looking at Texas and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I can't trust them to cover this. Right. And so I bailed and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to put that on as a pick. Yeah. Um, I'm going uh, to Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium, Kansas State, Stanford. I'm going to take the Wildcats minus the three. Uh, this is a team in Stanford who is replacing David Mills. Uh, they were solid last year, but they're replacing their quarterback. They don't have much of a running game last year. It was tough sledding for something they're well known for. And Kansas State has been grinding out wins. And you get Skylar Thompson back. 
Uh, Deuce Vaughn back at Kansas State. Yeah. Uh, I like this. I like this selection. Kansas State was four and one uh, to start the season. Couple injuries later, they struggled the rest of the route the way. But yeah, they lost Skylar Thompson and Will Howard yeah. stunk. That's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> um, with Thompson back uh, in, a, in a neutral field, give me the team with the veteran quarterback versus the team who uh, does not have much of an offense and is breaking in the new QB. Absolutely. Everybody's favorite part now: our upset pick, our upset selection of the week, our money line play, where we pick a, an underdog that's going to win on the field. Um, which we had incredible success with last year. Yeah. It was it was kind of weird how how frequently we were hitting, and not even just hitting, how frequently each week we'd hit both of ours. Yeah, uh, with these. So, um, you want to get us started here? Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, you know, going to Reno, Nevada, and firing yeah. on Nevada and Carson Strong and uh, Toa Tawa and. Toa, Tawa. All of the talent that he's got in the wide receiver room. Give me the Wolf Pack to take down the Cal Bears at plus 145. Yeah, Cal is not intimidating. No. I like, I like this pick. I like the 145. That's not bad. Right. Uh, mine's a little less than 145. I'm going with the home dog, Maryland Terps. You heard me earlier. I, I, I picked them for uh, one of my overs. Um, and this is where they get on that, that start. You're hosting West Virginia. Uh, you got all season to get ready for this. Plus 125. Start the season with a victory at home. Uh, it's only a plus three spread, uh, but get rid of that nonsense. They're going to win it on the field. I like it. And uh, finally, we've made a consensus selection this week. And, um, you know, we're going back to the Big Ten. And, and why not here? Because I, I think that when you're getting three and a half – with Indiana against Iowa. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of Petrus, the starting quarterback for Iowa. I know that they play a tough, grinded-out style, but Michael Penix is a really good quarterback. Yeah. And that's a team, you know, I really believe. He was electric last year. I know, I know. Uh, and, you know, I just don't see this, uh, you know, Iowa love that a lot of people are giving. So, for me, I, I'm all about uh, going with the Indiana Hoosiers here. They've got guys on this team. you got Michael Penix, and then, you know, you've got Ty Freifogel, at wide receiver. Uh, they're going to run the ball with Stephen Carr, you know, who's a graduate transfer from USC. So, you look at the talent on the field alone. Peyton Hendershot's a good tight end. Yeah. You know, there, there are a lot of really talented players that they've got there. And Tom Allen is completely underrated as a head coach if you ask me i think that this is a team that's going to be better than people expect even though expectations are higher than they have been in a long time for indiana yeah uh, i really like them here you know plus three and a half and honestly i'll have a money line piece on this game too yeah this is one where we we talked about it if it, if it wasn't for the hook if it was at three or two and a half we probably would have just took it on the money line for the consensus but why not take the hook if we can get it yeah um now, if we lose by a, you know, if it's really tight at the end, they lose by a field goal, we, we, we still come out ahead. Yep. So um, that hook makes all the difference for us in this wager. Indiana, such a fun story last year, the way that season started. Um, they have to have a sour taste in their mouth with some of the injuries that went down and some of the yeah. COVID problems they had down the stretch um, that, should, that really put the end to their season. So 
let me they're gonna come out firing and then michael Penix jr is just so fun to watch yeah making throws that are just crazy making plays along the running down the sideline just untouched it's it's a i can't wait to see that game honestly it's two different styles when their defense versus indiana's offense out there it's gonna be a lot of fun can't wait all right, that's going to wrap up this week's selections. Next week, we've got NCAA Week 2 picks, NFL Week 1 picks, NFL, we're, we, we've moved this week, we moved the NFL Season Award selections uh, to next week. Um, we'll buzz through those real quick, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. So we will catch up with you guys all next week. Yes, yeah, pay attention to social media. We'll be... Uh, I know Saturday is one of our favorite days of the year. The first full slate of college games. We'll be hanging out, doing our our uh, group's um, fantasy draft. It's going to be a blast. Oh, yeah. So we'll fire off a couple of uh, Hammered Sports hot picks for you. Hot picks. Catch you all next week.